if I was sitting in America as a cool millennial, I'm just, you know, on my iPad tindering away or whatever they do. Whatever they do nowadays, yep, yep. Whatever it is, get up. This is where you make your difference. This is where you have an effect. If you really care about the people, stand up and do something. Stop saying, oh, they're not as white as me, so I don't need to help them and I don't care. I care about Las Vegas. I don't care about Sinai. This is the Mid-East Beast Podcast. I'm Molly Livingstone, a little bit under the weather here in Jerusalem, and Alex Giles, always under the weather in England, on the other side of the pond. How are you today? I see what you did there. Molly, how are you? <laughs> well, I've been told I'm not allowed to cough, so I'm going to hold back, but that's the only thing I'm going to hold back on. You know, we're just not used to the rain here, Alex, and I went outside without a jacket. The truth is... Do you remember when we did that interview with the Palestinian refugee? I do. Ali? I do. Well, they were collecting clothes for the refugee camp. And I kindly, just, I'm just such a good person. I gave him my raincoat thinking, oh, I'll buy a new one, which I did on eBay for $3. And it turns out that was a scam. So I didn't have a raincoat. See, good people always lose. And so thanks to... I was about to say you have been punished for your decency. Yeah. It's just another, you know, another wedge in the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, you know? <laughs> he got me. He got me good. Now I'm sick. No, it's it's good. Everything is good. I learned my lesson. You know, you're never too old to, to be a dumbass. So I went out without my raincoat. I suffer the consequences. And here I am, a week later, sick, because I'm not used to it. But in that week, other Shitty things have happened to people that don't deserve it. And so that would bring me to Egypt. Horrible news that came out of there over the weekend of this horrific bombing and shooting, killing hundreds of worshippers, dozens of children among them, of the Sufti Muslims. Alex, I'm sure you know the news. What were your thoughts as you saw this break over the weekend? Well, I mean, obviously it's 300, I think 305 of the casualties. Dozens of children. Dozens I mean, of it's, children. It's, it's, it's horrific. For the Egyptians, the crisis in the Sinai has been something that's been dragging on them for a long time now. It's probably the biggest source of tension, the biggest danger to Egypt outside of a potential war with Ethiopia, of course, over water, which is the other thing that potentially is a big issue for Egypt with the dams that the Ethiopians are building upriver. But yeah, uh, what can you say? The Sinai, it's been unmanageable for the Egyptians for years. You know, they just don't have the resources. It's, it's what people regard as ungoverned space in international relations terms. You know, the Egyptians, they can't exercise um, what you call the monopoly of force which is what you normally regard as one of the sort of the standards that being a state is that you've got the monopoly of violence within the area that you call your country. Well, I know Sinai, it used to be this place that everyone wanted to go because mm -hmm. it was beautiful. It was a destination. It was a tropic. It's like Hawaii in mm -hmm. the middle of the Middle East. Middle of the Middle East. Middle of the Middle East. It's really cheap. The only thing you had to worry about was bring your own toilet paper. <laughs> but it was supposed to be this phenomenal getaway spot. And since Israel sort of, obviously, we used to live there, right? Oh, you guys said you lived everywhere. Yeah. 
that was one of the first places where we had settled and then we're told, hey, give Sinai to Egypt, make peace, right? Yeah. And since then, there was quiet, but it's been in the last 10 years or so that it's gotten more and more dangerous to go there where it is no longer the getaway spot, but rather the spot where ISIS is. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. And that's scary for Israelis. But I never think about it as ISIS being scary for Muslims. But here you are, the Sufi, as I understood from some articles that I was reading, they're very mystical when it comes to the part of Islam. They're more mystical and have like an interconnection with God and Muhammad. And I guess that's frowned upon by ISIS, who has the more traditional sense of what Islam oh, is and by the book. absolutely. I mean, they are pretty much regarded by ISIS as not Muslim when it comes down to it as, as a completely legitimate target. Though, of course, ISIS keep on redefining what they consider to be a legitimate target every day. And it pretty much includes everybody. Yeah. They have something in common with Trump, don't well, they? <laughs> in that sense. When you said that, I was like, that sounds just like uh, something Trump would say. Exactly what you just said, which came from ISIS. Yeah, well, yeah. That let's mention Trump like when, when he heard the terrible news reminded everyone that this is why they needed a wall. I didn't realize that yeah. Mexico and, and Egypt were contiguous, but there you go. But that was his input go. for yeah. the day, so thanks very much for that, Trump. Right. His usual tweets about this is despicable and disgusting All that good stuff without actually understanding. People. He must have saved tweets that he can just retweet. Yes. Yeah. As I said, always good for Trump to be so constructive. Ironic, really, given he can't build a wall, but there you go. So, yes, I mean, what... What more can you say? It's, it's How about this? Where are the hashtags, Alex? Where are the hashtags? I was going to say, that was what my next comment would have been. Is that it is a truth that is not universally acknowledged that Israel and the Palestinian crisis is by far not the worst thing that goes on in the Middle East. Oh now. my gosh. Wait. Just pause. Wow. Mm, I know. Wow. I know. Mm. Okay. True. And these things are happening, these atrocities. I mean, when you're saying hundreds of people are killed, including dozens of children, and we compare that, let's compare it to Las Vegas, the outrage, innocent people at a concert. These are innocent people in a mosque, in a town. Get this. That town only has 800 people. So when you kill a couple hundred of them, even it was closer, as you said, I think to 300. I mean, you wipe them out. That's close to half the town just gone in a matter of hours so where is the hashtag and the cry and the outrage and the social activists and the demand for change and where is the world i didn't i just didn't hear any feedback did you not really anything let's face it that doesn't involve white people or israel right which of course as we were saying is the other thing that's always going to be guaranteed to um get a big reaction from everybody, falls off the agenda. Which, of course, is what allows this crisis in the Sinai to continue because no one wants to put the effort and the resource in. It's seen as a uh, an Egyptian problem. You know, for Israel, as long as the border on their side is sealed and secure, I can appreciate that the Israelis don't really want much to do about it. The Israelis are worried and have allowed Egyptian forces to, you know, come and help out and we go on that side too. And as an Israeli, for me, it is terrifying because it always means they're getting closer and closer. And if they can do that to what I would consider their own, being Muslims or Arabs, then obviously what would they do to get their hands on a Jew? And that is freaky scary i mean you have the president cc which by the way have you ever noticed this uh, anagrams isis backwards 
CC. Ooh. Whoa, it's all making right? sense. Yeah, it's all making sense. Okay. So CC actually had a plan for the Middle East peace process between Israel and Palestine to give Sinai to the Palestinians as a country, which would quadruple their land space. I mean, again, I told you, it's a phenomenal location. It's huge. It's got access to the water. And basically the deal was they would have that space. And as long as for 10 years there was no terror, it would be theirs. Mm -hmm. And Egypt would support it. Now, I kind of am up for that idea. I think it's a great idea. But right now, since it's not being used that way, we see this is where ISIS is starting to dig in. And it is scary to see who ISIS plays with in the sandbox. Mm. I'm so clever. (laughs) It's a problem that is not going to go away. It's a problem that is more than likely only going to get worse. As you say, the only benefit of it is that it's something that Egypt and Israel can agree on. And, you know, potentially gives a mechanism or a place where they can work together. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? So that's potentially a big benefit from it if it does allow that cooperation. And I think it benefits Israel because, look, I'm reading from um, Reuters as a retaliation from what happened over the weekend. Egypt's security forces kill 11 suspected militants. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that they're still always militants, even for them, in a raid. Now, if Israel had done that, if it was not Egypt's security, it was Israel's security, it's Islamophobia, Mm -hmm. it's racism, it's the big guy going after the little guys. So here, when we can work together and have, you know, oh, that seems to be acceptable. Egypt can, of course, do that. So that benefits Israel. And I think the politicians know that because I don't know if you saw this or not, but as soon as this had happened, the bombing over the weekend in the mosque, we have a municipal building in Tel Aviv. Anytime something happens, that's where they kind of light up the building. Mm -hmm. So they put up the Egyptian flag and they sent condolences via Twitter, the mayor, everybody. And of course, there was an agenda of, well, we also have to be worried about Iran. So I think they do get how to play this one. And that's all it seems to be. It's just another move on the chessboard. There doesn't seem to be the outrage and the cries and the need for change. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, you're at a loss for words, Alex. Uh, you know, we talk about the media. So it's a Western-dominated media. These are things that happen in faraway places to people that don't look like us. And that's not going to change anytime soon. So therefore, these are issues that, are going to have to be addressed head on, you know, regionally. And and these are things that, you know, Egypt is going to have to decide, you know, how it treats Sinai. I mean, one of the issues, of course, is that it is a very poor part of Egypt. It is a place where there's been very little investment into infrastructure, very little investment into those social services. And that, again, that's why these places, one of the reasons these places become ungovernable. It's why these people are with bad intentions are allowed to thrive if government doesn't put the resource into protecting the people and to giving them the services that they expect as citizens of their country. And yet, if you actually looked into the news, and this is from the BBC, Egypt, where do they put their resources? On the crackdown of gays and lesbians. They added a new bill. They call it a, what they had a great word. They didn't want to say that it's about being bisexual or lesbian or gay or transgender, but it's about the shame. So they have a discriminatory bill that will keep people like that in jail for three years. And they just arrested 16 people using this. It's not a law that you can't be homosexual, not like in Iran where they don't have any homosexuals, but 
they can put you away for being this way. Uh, you can't see my air quotes. <laughs> but that's what they're putting their money into. People who raised rainbow flags. This is what we're talking about. This is where they care. You're talking about they're not investing. And again, the Middle East has dictatorships. And in Israel, you don't go to jail for raising a rainbow flag. We had an interview with Sarah Weil, who is a big old lesbian who goes around Jerusalem waving this huge flag to only draw attention to ultra-Orthodox, very religious people to have a dialogue. And she's not attacked. And here you are. This is where the country's putting their money. I mean, that's the part where if I was sitting in America as a cool millennial, I'm just, you know, on my iPad tindering away or whatever they do. Whatever they do nowadays, yep, yep. Whatever it is, get up. This is where you make your difference. This is where you have an effect. If you really care about the people Stand up and do something. Stop saying, oh, they're not as white as me, so I don't need to help them and I don't care. I care about Las Vegas. I don't care about Sinai. But how do we do that, Alex? I, I mean, I don't think we can, but... In the next few minutes, how do we do that? Good question. Well, hopefully there are some people listening to it and they can think about this issue. That's for true. Look, you know, people can only concentrate on one thing at a time. Well, not one thing at a time. One or two things at a time. And in those circumstances, as I said, the unfortunate thing is... People that live in faraway countries and don't look like me are going to get the shitty end of the stick. And I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. And I, I'm sorry to end things on a... Oh my God, a... <laughs> that's so depressing. Sorry, Mike. I, I hope you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I think that if they can only keep two things in their head, they can still hashtag with one finger <laughs> and that they should at least do the minimal. And you know what? It's not just the millennials. What's the big news? What's everyone so excited and happy about? He's your prince. Yes, yes. Let's not worry about what's going on. Terrible things are going on. Our prince is getting married. Yay. Getting married to a divorced oh, yeah. black American actress. Catholic. Catholic as Add well. those adjectives, please, that because that is what makes this a great distraction from reality. And by the way, he has no chance of ever becoming king. So, hey, it's going to be a fun party. Let's keep having them just be distracted. Prince Henry, he actually is way more attractive than Prince William, who Harry, I have a on Prince, as a child. Prince Harry. Harry. Prince Harry, when Harry met Sally. Listen, if you care, hashtag. If you care, share your comments here with us on iTunes, SoundCloud, our website, The Mideast Beast, on Facebook, also The Mideast Beast, on Twitter. You can follow us at Mideast Beasties. Scott Kahn, he's had to do a lot of editing this time around, mainly because of just who I am as a person. No, because of my cold and technology, but... Thank you for always joining us. And if you have a thought or two or know how to change the world, share it with us. Because at least we care. I know that. This has been another episode of the Mid East Beast Podcast.